talent is your biggest and most important thing, and so is your perception, you know, creating a legal and well-functioning culture. Welcome to No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis. I hope you liked part one of our Kara Swisher podcast, Back Now with More. What do you think happens in the Snapchat IPO? I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think they, I think the big questions around Snapchat's IPO is can this sustain itself? Will young people continue to use it as they move forward in their digital lives? Is it a camera company? Oh, God. I know. I didn't – I don't – whatever. He, whatever they say it is, they can say whatever they want. You know, we're not a – is it a peanut butter company or a chocolate company? Um, <laughs> it's uh, – I think it's a communications company. I think it's a, commu- a digital communications and it's a, it's a lot like WeChat. Um in China, it's got it's a communications company that has a lot hanging off of it, and more to come, I would assume, um, as you move forward. It becomes the center. It's sort of the light version of Facebook, as Facebook's so heavy um, and so involving um, and so public. I think that it's just a, it's a communication system between you and your friends. Um, but it, a camera company, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't sell myself as that, but you know, what do, I know he's going to be a billionaire, so he's probably right. Does he need a Sheryl Sandberg? Um, I don't think he'd tolerate one. I think he's tried. He's, why why he do you say that? Why do you he's think tried he to hire one. one. He hi- hired someone from Facebook who right? was one of Sheryl Sandberg's, uh, uh, someone who was a mentoree to San- Sheryl Sandberg, Emily uh, Emily White. Um, I don't know. I think he's a solo player. There's a lot of interesting people who are not solo players in Silicon Valley. A lot of the really successful entrepreneurs have had partners. Like there's usually one or two people that are really critical. His partners is, uh, is his other founder. Um, so he's got other people you don't hear from. Um so I think he's got a partner there. You just don't know who it is. And I think that he's got people that are below him. But I don't think it'll be quite the same relationship that Mark has with Cheryl, which I, is more of even though Mark is clearly in charge, it's a more of a relationship of equals. Evan doesn't strike me as someone who wants that. It's not a negative or positive. He's done very well without that. Um, he probably needs a strong business person, and he seems to have a few, quite a few around him right now. It's just a question if people keep using it or if it falls off. The, you know, I think people are asking the question, is it Facebook or Twitter? And, that you know, that's an easy comparison. Right. And a lot of the comparisons have skewed more towards Twitter. Sure. But I don't agree Facebook. with that. I think what he's done is really fascinating. I think he's... He was so uh, far ahead of he's, he's an all incredible, of these other companies. You know, I don't like everything he's done all the time, but I have to say he's... One of the more innovative uh, entrepreneurs around. I'm really always he always does something that he thought of that isn't derivative. Right, of, the way that Instagram yeah. took stories yeah. after Snapchat already yeah. had the same exactly. functionality. He envisioned that three or four years he before it ever a was a thing. Yeah, he really is a really visionary. He's a very visionary young man, very much so. It's a surprise. Um, he doesn't look the part, you know. He has this sort of this LA look going on, and and he's he's not like other entrepreneurs. So, in five years, I'll be fascinated with him. I think it'll, he'll be. What happens? Does he grow? Does he change? Does he? Um, but right now, he really seems to have a, his hand. His his mind is in a really interesting place, and his, he's creating great. Everything he comes out with, I find at least. There's nothing that's a real dud, right? There's nothing that he puts out that's a real dud, and Facebook does it all the time. What's the most overrated company right now? <laughs> overrated? Um, I, you know, probably Facebook. How, Why do how you do, say that? Because how do they hold on? To, you know, they're doing very strong right now. And I I think that they are. They look like a juggernaut, but I've seen these things go awry. Now, they've done an amazing job for 10 years. And Mark, again, is another incredibly learning organism. He really learns and, and iterates. Um, so I think around this Oculus stuff is interesting. Some of their purchases, it's... They're not hitting everything out of the park. So I think that's just harder and harder as you have hits. 
Um, you know, you look at a company like Apple, can they continue to look at how many hits they had for so long? Like it's almost, it's almost like a rock buy? band. Oh, Netflix probably. I think Netflix. Do you think um, they will? I don't know. Is Netflix for sale? I mean, everyone's for sale, right? You know, I do think eventually most of these internet companies will own content companies. I, I don't see how it's un, it's unavoidable at some, on some level. The most interesting company to me is Amazon, and, and the most interesting entrepreneur is Jeff Bezos. Boy, is he talk about hits! And he's had setbacks. He had that idiot phone for a while, and then he's had a whole bunch of them and haven't worked out. And um, but why is he the most interesting? Uh, because to you? he's always doing something different. Like right now, of course, he did Amazon Web Services were interesting. You know, he created a whole new business that surprised people. Because and then Prime, I think it's so interesting what he's done around that. And then now he has the Echo, which I love, which I, it's one of my favorite devices. And then, and you could sort of see where he's going. It's not that hard to understand his strategy here. But then I'm thinking, you know, he bought this company. I think it's Kiva is the same. It's a logistics company. And I'm like, oh, we're about five minutes away from Amazon Robotics Services. You know, like teaching everyone how to do logistics and robotics. Um, in in warehouses. And so I I just find him to be really... And then he bought the Washington Post. What an interesting person. Yeah, but but he's really kicking it there. He's really doing a great job. Like, he's not, like, sitting back. He's taking risks. He's doing... He's just an interesting guy on all kinds of levels. I'm more interested in the logistics stuff because I think it's that that's something that people aren't paying attention to because it's easier to pay attention to the delivery and but the delivery stuff like will they get into logistics? Will they get into planes? Will they become FedEx? Like it's just it goes on and on. Will they get into self-driving cars? Maybe like you can see it. And then their entertainment stuff is, you know, it's largely to sell devices and things like you think about Transparent and they're coming out with a new show by Jill Soloway too. Um, what it. What a hit that was. And now they're coming up with another one, but it also sells toilet paper. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) what an interesting bunch of things that are related to each other. Like, you're watching that, and then you're also buying toilet paper from him, and you're also doing this with him. And so... What's Bezos like behind the scenes? Oh, he's not. He's interesting. He's tougher than people think. You know, he sort of laughs, and he seems jovial, and he's really tough. He's a really tough customer. And I think people don't... Because he has a persona that, that, you know, have that mad laughter he has that sort of puts people off. They actually... (laughs) So I started at CNBC, and they had a reel of Of his laughs that they used to play. Um, I think he's... You think he's just a Tough, a tougher customer than people realize. Really tough competitor. What's the biggest change between the guy you knew many years ago when you were first getting into all of this pre-Amazon and now? Mm, they're all kind of the same. Jeff is the same. He's the, he's similar. He's similar. He was, he, well, he's more certain now. They're all more certain because now they won, essentially. But they're all insecure in their heart. Everybody is. You know, you, as, as successfully you get, you wonder where you're stepping off. Um you know, I think Bill Gates has gotten to be a better person. He seems through his philanthropy, he was sort of irritating for so many years and kind of a jerk. And I think some of his philanthropy stuff has made him a wiser and better person. Um, and you can see, you can, you can. There was something he did a couple of years ago, and I'm like, I kind of like him now. And I, did, I couldn't have said that before. I think Travis Kalanick of Uber is still the same person he was before he started this. Which is who? Difficult. Obstreperous, you know, fighting, aggressive, that kind of stuff. He hasn't changed a whole lot. He now has uh, big problems. Big problems at yeah. his company. There's been a lot of stuff around Trump, um, and then delete Uber around the the immigrant ban. They didn't answer that really well. I don't think in that case it was fully their fault. They just they just stumbled into a stupid move. Uh, you know, I I think they weren't realizing how fast moving the situation was, and it looked like they were taking advantage of of the. Um, taxi strike. And now you have a former employee <laughs> yeah, who former has, employee. has gone to Stripe. 
mm-hmm. stripe. And she wrote a blog post Pretty about devastating. Yeah, essentially multiple experiences where she was going to HR. She says, mm-hmm. telling them that there were issues that she was being undermined. She mm-hmm. was being sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. There's even it started with a sexual harassment. Right. It started with sexual harassment, and then there's even the, the people in her group all having leather jackets ordered. Yeah, for yeah. Them. And, and the difficult woman problem. Right. And she and eight other women were yeah. told you can't have leather jackets. There's not 120 because, of you, which wasn't their fault. Right. But yeah. The whole thing is insane. It's a mentality of Silicon Valley. Travis said online, I just yeah. want to make sure we get he's this out get there, that jackets. he's going he to Whatever. This he's going to do an investigation. But he said he's doing an investigation. You know what? He should have had this stuff in place before. You know, great. I'm glad. But you know what? The problems with, a, a, with an issue around all these companies is they tend to buy things, fix things after they blow up. Why weren't they thinking of this issue as they were growing? Well, we're growing fast. I'm like, yet talent is your biggest and most important thing. And so is your perception, you know, creating a a legal and well-functioning culture. Um, So I think, you know, a lot of these companies did go through growing pains. Facebook absolutely did. Google certainly did. Uh, Microsoft absolutely did. They had all kinds of problems around these issues before. It's just nobody seems to learn in Silicon Valley that there's certain things you need to put in place, which include which includes your culture is not uh, hostile to women. Why do you think that is? Do you think that the venture community is not paying enough attention to the cultural side of these they companies? Don't care. They don't care as long as they make money and get a higher valuation. I think. You know, uh, until they get sued, I guess that's really the, the kind of thing, the mentality they have versus trying to create a culture from the bottom up that values those things. There's more companies like that. Slack is trying, although they still doesn't have any women board members. Like, I, I'm a big irritant with them on these issues because I think that it's, you know, they, it, what's fascinating to me is that diversity is so important to, to innovation as far as I'm concerned. We can see it in this immigration debate. Um, it's absolutely important to, to the economic health of this country to be open to immigrants and to people with new ideas. And so that these companies can be so boneheaded in how they treat women or how they treat people of color or they don't make it as diverse as staff, um, it, it's just the easy thing not to do because there's so many white men floating around that can fill those jobs, not to be a little more creative. But it seems like it goes even beyond that. I mean, yeah. the, these descriptions are negative yes. cultures. There's actual well, negative cultures yes, going on culture. and it's, it's pretty... you know you, you talk to all of these people about business who have been around for many years and they always say culture eats strategy for lunch you know yeah. you can have a great strategy but if you don't have a great culture you're Except not going to even be able to fulfill not just the strategy technology. look hollywood's got this problem so does wall street so does the world so does our president um so you know but in tech tech should lead the way because it's known for its tolerance its openness it's you know why aren't they well, you know, I it's it's a fascinating question, but I don't think Uber who is, is limited. to be held accountable for this. Well, when they get sued, when this happens, when this happens right now, what's happened is a fault because they didn't deal with this issue at the time when this woman had complaints and they needed to. They needed to have a system in place, an HR system that was adequate to address these clearly difficult and clearly appalling situations. You know what I mean? And I, I understand you don't get everything right. I don't expect them to get everything right, but they expect them not to get everything wrong, like that kind of stuff. And so, you know, every single woman in Silicon Valley I know has a story like this, has some version of a story like That's this. That's sad. And, and it does, it's not always sexual. It's sometimes just, you know, left out. Uh, the people of color have these stories. It's and And what's interesting on Twitter, I've gotten so many like, te- I have a large Twitter following and they're like, 
I can't believe this, Kara. I think this is terrible. I've never heard of such a thing. I'm like, well, why would you, you white guy? Like, of course, you aren't being sexually harassed. You're not being. And so what happens is women can't don't. This is just gender. And of course, there's all kinds of issues around um, people of color, too. Um, You can't. this, This woman spoke up was great, you know, in person. This is my name. I am a real person, Mm -hmm. not on background. Right. I've been trying to write stories about two major companies with these problems, and I cannot get the women to talk on the record. And it makes it hard to do those stories um, easily because of that. To stand up is very difficult. Look what happened to Ellen Powell, um, a very complicated and problematic. But difficult woman too. Like she had her issues, just like every other person on the planet. But they were they were magnified and made ugly in a court case, which she lost. Um, when clearly there was enormous dysfunction going on at that venture capital firm. There's no question. Um, I don't care if she lost. That was a mess. The way they created that culture, specifically to Uber. What do you think this means for the company? They better address it really quickly because they're coming off the delete Uber controversy. They're coming off Travis being on the Trump Council, which was very controversial with his employees and and within Silicon Valley uh, and consumers that use Uber. Does it derail his ability to go public? Does um, it? Does it's it not good. Materially you know, look, Mark Zuckerberg had a series of problems right before they went public. So I, I mean, we don't even remember them now. There was that weird gift. Thing. There was that beacon. That, you know, he had a hundred of them. If you you don't remember them, but I do. Um, <laughs> but he had them. He had them going. He we went through nine CFOs at one point or something. It wasn't nine, but it was a lot. There was a lot of issues there. So they really got it. The problem is this is sticking. This image of Uber is this aggressive bro. Uh, take just damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. Thing isn't going to work as they move to the next phase. And so it it has brung them here, but it doesn't mean it's going to take them to the next level. And so. They're very vulnerable in that regard because there's so many competitors now and there's so many, you know, self-driving cars is a whole new area mm-hmm. that could kill them. You know, they've got they've got enough business challenges. They don't need these. These are self-inflicted wounds. They should have had a good HR system in place and they clearly didn't. So the question is, how are they going to address this? How are they going to investigate this? Is it going to be a truly independent investigation or what's going to happen to people um, after you know, are they going to th- try to say, oh, well, mistakes were made, we will forgive and forget? Or are they really going to put systems into place where this doesn't happen? And it's, or will people go away and everyone will forget about it? And I, I don't think you can build a really important company on dysfunction, although there's plenty of dysfunctional companies that do rather well. Thank you for coming no on No Limits. And a quick postscript to this conversation. After Karen and I spoke, Uber hired former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder to lead the investigation, and Uber CEO Travis Kalanick told employees in a memo that Ariana Huffington, who's a member of Uber's board, and Uber's newly hired head of HR, Leanne Hornsey, will also work on the investigation. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of No Limits. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. And if there's someone you think we should have on the show, let me know. You can tweet me at Rebecca Jarvis. And of course, you can follow along with us behind the scenes on Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat. And special thanks to the team here at ABC that helps make this happen. It is a big one. Taylor Dunn, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelb, Michelle Bancardo, Steve Jones, Erica Scott, and Elizabeth Hecht. And join me next Tuesday for an all-new episode of No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. Until then, take care, be well. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.